Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Gym Life Podcast Athlete Interview portion of our show. And this is somebody that I've been trying to get on for quite some time. Uh, life gets in the way and we it's hard to work these things out uh, as, as soon as we like sometimes. But thank you, uh, Amber Hansen, for joining me. Uh, if you don't know Amber Hansen, uh, you are living under a powerlifting rock. Uh, she is a top five world competitor in both raw powerlifting and multiply, uh, ranked in the top five now, I think. We just mentioned that. And uh, her last show, of course, was a multiply in Cincinnati. And how did you do there, Amber? Uh, I placed really well. I, uh, I hit an 800-pound squat, 475 bench, and then a 530 deadlift. Yeah, yeah, right, right where you thought you'd be, right? <laughs> It was a good day. It's crazy. You know, watching you, and thanks for joining me, watching you just how I can and how we all kind of follow each other on social media, it just amazes me the kind of power that you have, but it's not so uncommon anymore in the sport of powerlifting and strongman to see some crazy ass strong women out there. And you're kind of in the middle of this new sort of revolution in that scene right now. How did you get involved in powerlifting? Yeah, the women's side of things is going crazy right now, and it's super, super cool to be a part of. Um, I started, I did my first contest in 2016, uh, and then I had been lifting, you know, just recreationally since I was in high school for the sports and whatnot. Uh, my dad was a power lifter, too, in the late 90s, early 2000s, so um, I kind of wanted to get strong for roller derby, which is what I was doing prior to finding powerlifting. Found a barbell gym in Dayton, Ohio, and then coach basically just put me in a meet and it's been going since then. So you had some natural kind of ability coming into it, I'm assuming, especially with the background that you had. Were you, was, did you shock the world? Was it one of those moments where your coach was like, holy shit, what do I got going on here? Oh no. Uh, I mean, I, I had, you know, decent genetics coming into it. Like dad is built just like me, mom's short and stocky too. But, you know, I started off just like everyone else, like not knowing how to squat the barbell properly. And sure. like my first meet, my numbers were, were nothing special, but um, yeah. just time and pressure kind of built up to this point. Yeah. And it wasn't a lot of time really, if we we're just talking what, five or six years ago, I mean, mm -hmm. certainly your dedication to your craft is what's helped you propel you to the top of the ranks right now which I don't think a lot of people appreciate as much as they should. Because when we yeah. talk about a lot of great athletes in the strength sports in particular, to be that good, it really becomes a full-time job. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's yeah, kind of where you're at, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, it, if I'm not at work and we're sleeping, I'm, or, you know, programming and coaching, I'm at the gym, I'm training, I'm making my meals, I'm eating my meals. I'm doing my recovery mobility, like, everything that is outside of work basically is, you know, making sure my body is okay and able to do the stuff that I want it to do. You know, it's funny you say that or not funny. It, 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 it's, it's one of those things that you hear nowadays that you probably didn't hear 10 or 15 years ago. When you talk about strength athletes in particular, there's this, there's this methodology now that a lot of the work that you're putting in isn't actually underweight. It's preparing your body and maintenance in your body and getting it ready to lift heavy weight. Um, you know, what you just said resonated with me because as an older guy, I look back now and say I could have bought a little bit more time had I had done the things uh, that you're doing now to kind of prepare yourself to be great. Uh, what are some of those – What explain 
a little bit to what that is exactly in your schedule when you talk about your maintenance and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think a lot of it has come down to just being injury free for so long by the strategy behind like how I structure my training and how I kind of go back and forth between equipped lifting and raw lifting. Um, so that has kind of saved my joints in a sense with putting on the equipment. Um, and, uh, just like day to day, it's, if I'm, if it's a training day, like I have certain, you know, numbers and things I need to hit in terms of meals. If it's a non-training day, I got to do my mobility every day. I got to make sure that water is getting in. So bringing food to the office, waking up, you know, making sure that, you know, all of that stuff gets taken care of. As soon as I'm done with the office, I'm coming home, letting the dogs out, getting all my stuff, you know, put together, changing, ready to go to the gym, get my training session in. And then really like the biggest things are making sure that I eat. Because <laughs> um, if, if I'm not eating and drinking, it's, it's going to be bad. And that workout is just going to be worthless. You know, it's, it's, it's funny that, you know, when we talk, the, the old adage for powerlifting used to be just grab whatever you want and put it down. And, you know, powerlifters and strong men, right? You always had that rep. They always had the reputation. They could eat and do whatever they want. They're just going to be strong. But a lot of what you're telling me, you sound like a bodybuilder almost. Honestly, like I, I did my first like stint of kind of like a, a meal prep training thing with actually an IFBB pro. And she did all my meals okay. for like eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. And I was counting macros up until then. And it absolutely does matter what you put in your body, the type of carb, fat, and protein. Like if you want to, I mean, you, you can get strong and be big, but if you also want to be athletic and mobile and like right. stick around, like you got to do certain things a certain way to make sure that your body can survive that. Yeah. And you see that more, I think today too, with athletes, mm -hmm. strength athletes now are looking at that picture as opposed to heavy and hard, get to where I want to go fast and furious. And then the after effect of that, of course, is a limited span of, of being athletic and participating in competition. Those things, you fall apart pretty quick. Uh, mm -hmm. So using the word athletic, you never really correlated that to strength sports. I mean, I get it. I, I wasn't, I'm spent a lot of years in strength sports. I'm not putting down those guys that did it prior to us. But the truth is, I mean, that was never correlated to the sport to right. be athletic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's honestly probably the biggest pillar of my training since I've started training for co a competition is we're looking to build athletes who also power lift. And I, I give that credit to being one of the reasons why I've stuck around so long without being injured and, you know, knowing how to move your body and like feeding it well and all of those like good corny things that you hear like yeah it's not just a bunch of bs and snake oil like <laughs> that there's it's something legit. to that mm -hmm. yeah the fuel you put in your body right and the way you eat and, yeah i mean you just said it a minute ago that you had a pro that was doing your diet prep before you and you know macros matter i mean it's it's a cliche mm -hmm. but it's true i mean yeah. what you're feeding your body for the type of result you're looking for because as a strength athlete, you're walking a fine line. You want to make sure you're kind of in surplus to build that extra muscle. But at the same time, you can spill over just as easily and go backwards. For sure. And we're also in a weight class sport. Like with all these big money meets that are coming up, they're getting, you know, they're, you think about the current, the showdown, the yeah. 
uh, American Pro coming up, a lot of the USPA money meets, like people are cutting down and they're trying to get that coefficient score up there. And it's not going to work if you're just, you know, kind of skating along type right, of thing. Right. Well, every pound matters, right? And when it comes mm -hmm. down to that score and the difference could just be body weight. Yep. You know, just yep. coming in as, as efficient as you can at a certain weight as opposed to just sort of coming in and falling where you might fall. Exactly. Yeah. It turns into a bit of a strategy, no doubt about it. I, I train a couple uh, powerlifters at the USAPL, uh, just mm -hmm. beginners, amateurs, you know, and to explain that that you can literally be in a real bad spot if some you're five pounds heavier than somebody else doing the same amount of weight. So Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting uh, like time to be in it. And there, there's you're hit it on the head, the, the strategy involved, especially with something if we're looking at like the WPO yeah. with the, the multiply side of things. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that comes down to the 10th of a decimal and you yeah. might need to just either you're doing all the calculations on meat day and whatever you weighed in at, like, oh crap, I need to add two and a half kilos on this deadlift last minute if I want to, you know, edge out the next person. Well, yeah, I'm, sure you've, I'm sure you've been there where you were, it was calculated incorrectly and you missed it because you didn't put, <laughs> and oh, you had sure. it. You know? yeah, I just wish they would put it up somewhere like the current standing. There's, there's some meats that do it and there's yeah. a lot of them that don't, but that would be nice with the coefficient. Well, I'm sure you're, you've got a handler in the show that kind of handles that stuff for mm -hmm. you now. So that takes the pressure off. And for sure. Puts it on them because that's a serious job. Don't get that wrong, right? Oh, yeah. I've, I've been the handler. I'm over there with my little phone calculator out sweating bullets. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. carry the one. Um. <laughs> Second guessing yourself the whole time going, do I even have this right? Am I looking at this the right way? Yeah. Like, this is what you need to pull if you want this. Go do it. You know, you're part of Anderson Powerlifting, which, mm -hmm. well, it, listen, it's 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 at the top of the world right now. I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy Cobb, referring to Jimmy, and I know you're a friend of his, and you do a lot of training with Jimmy, and from the yep. same parts of the country, then, and and of course now you're going back to Ohio. How does that? How does that team? How do how do you just kind of give me the the sort of the the barometer of Anderson Powerlifting for those out there that. At, you yeah. know, that have our big fans of the sport and know Jimmy and know yourself. And what are we looking at on that team right now? Man, that is a special group of people, I tell you. Um, I got to finally meet all of them. They brought us all out for the Arnold and we all worked the booths together. I finally got to meet everyone on the team. And it is uh, Ken, Ken Anderson and Kevin Pittman have like specially curated that group of people to be incredible athletes first and foremost, but then also really good people. And like, yeah. it's, it's something special when you get to be around a group of people that cares about the sport so much that you also care about and have those conversations with them and just like bounce ideas off of them and kind of pick their brains. And it's, uh, it's really cool. And all the Anderson equipment that they've, you know, so graciously gifted me. Right. I'm, I'm right. loving for sure. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, on the unlimited side of things, the band shirts, Rayanne Miller just broke the um, highest female bench of all time was 620. And it was no, mine at 615. So she just took that over, uh, I think this last weekend and she's team Anderson as well. So wow. Anderson has like every bench record. I was getting ready to say. Right now, yeah. pretty sick. 
yeah, the biggest in the world for for both men and women right now. That's yeah. freaking crazy. I mean, it yeah, just is. Proud as hell to be on that team. I bet you are. You're just right on cloud nine. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> a culture of of lifting that everybody dreams of being a part of, and the amount of knowledge you have on that team, and and not only that, it's it's a team that appears to me that just is constantly pushing each other, man. I mean, yeah. you guys are you guys are in competition with each other to some degree. I bet with all those oh, personalities sure. that want to win. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The ladies side for sure. And then also like the men's side, the baddest venture that just happened down in Texas. Uh, most of the roster was Anderson athletes. Yeah. We had Calais that came in, um, him and um, uh, Emma came in from the UK and that was really cool. And then Rich Putnam finally hit his 1100 in that meet. And then, you know, Rob Farrell was up in there and tiny. So it was just like, Dang. The who's who. Unbelievable. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Like the, the bench gods. It's pretty cool. Oh, that is so much fun. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an envy of you right now. That's got to just be great going into. And you're well, feeling good. You got a lot us. of years ahead of you. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, okay. where's, your, where's your multi-ply bench at? Where your foot bench at right now? Uh, so my multi-ply in a poly shirt is 475. Okay. And then my um, two-ply band shirt. So I'm in an FA Pharrell band shirt. Yep. And that's 615. Okay. And there's a big, huge bench invitational coming up in September that the roster's also stacked. That's up at Rita West Gym in Syracuse, somewhere in upstate New York. Okay. Um, but the the female and male roster is just huge. There's going to be multiple 600 pound plus okay. female benches, yeah. multiple huge male benches it's crazy we're using the word multiple right now like right right there's so many out there oh yeah man. i remember when it was a big deal like oh my god she she has a 500 pound right. equipped bench and yeah. now it's like 600 same thing with deadlifting like 400 like and raw benching 315 yeah. is 225 for women oh, all day long <laughs> yeah for rep like crazy yeah. oh it's <laughs> so crazy i mean i was i've watched you and others do it and it's just like yeah it's like you're humbling a lot of dudes out there and I you know not to be sexist at all, but I'm sure you get some pleasure out of that. Nah, nah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I see you do some uh, overhead pressing. I think you have fun doing that. I do. Um, We've been on a, a kick lately. So I'm heading into, I'm 10 weeks out from the American pro. So from basically the, the pro-am back in April till now, it's been like a big high volume hypertrophy block. And one okay. of the biggest things is shoulder hypertrophy. So we're, we're trying to do higher reps and heavier weights with the overhead movements just to, to build oh, that great. up. I find there's, there's usually a direct trans translation Absolutely. between my overhead and my floor press are going up. My bench is going up. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually I'm surprised I don't see more of that in programming, you know, today. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a bit innovative, honestly, because a lot of programming doesn't include any overhead pressing. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe there's more the nowadays than there used to be, but boy, it's when I was watching you do that over the last couple months or whenever, when you, as you've been posting your videos, mm-hmm. I was like, man, is she getting into strong, man? What's going on here? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I know. Maybe someday, but I know. I've, I've I'm dabbled in open. Highland games a little, a little bit. Did you? Freaking fun. Yeah, I did. I did one contest uh, a few years ago. Yeah. I got my first contest in about 10 years this weekend. Hell yeah. I just tossed, I just turned my first caber, just turned it first time. Did you? Oh, that like, is something else, isn't it? Oh, it was just amazing. It was better than like all my gym lifts put together. 
right? It's, yeah. it's so gratifying because it's just like this huge, and even just picking it yes. is something amazing because then you get it up there and you're like, shit, now what? And you're like yeah. rocking back and forth. No. Nothing's the telephone pole. Yeah, I so literally cool. have a shot at this, you know, that's because picking yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, but isn't it funny once you do the once you turn it once all of a sudden I turned it like two out of the next three times you know yeah because now you know what it feels like and it's like okay I got it now yeah and, and what took so long okay. yeah this is crazy I know so how, how did you do when you're in Kylan games oh shoot uh I think I think I got second overall I would guess you're gonna muscle it pretty well if the form's not there that's the way I'm hoping yeah the one that killed me is the, the sheaf, sheaf toss. Okay. And I, I didn't have much time to practice. Like I threw a little bit in high school. So I figured oh. out, you know, light and heavyweight for distance and weight over bar and Braemar. I was yeah. pretty good at Braemar. I freaking chucked that thing, which was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you did. cool too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. sheaf and uh, what was the other one? I got rocked by the caber because that was the first day I ever touched it. Was oh, at the contest. <laughs> you walked into the contest not doing a caber? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it was a local, like, Ohio contest. Yeah, you know, yeah. cornfield somewhere. And we, sure. we had our buds out there, which was cool because the guy who runs it um, out at the Arnold, he was the one who ran this one. And he okay. is buddies with with our, our folks at the gym. So he was able, he helped us with implements and gave us a few lessons. We were nice. like, cool, yeah. let's get some kilts. We're ready. Yeah, it's, a, it's just fun to do that, isn't it? It's just something different yeah. to kind of throw your hat in the ring just to do it and enjoy the pageantry of it a little bit. Yeah, go play outside with your friends. And sure. Throw shit time. around, drink a couple beers when you're done. and call it Exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally That's good time. Awesome. Um, you know, um, I was going to ask you, um, with your uh, – you're, you're in the military. Mm-hmm. And being in, and you're in the Air Force, just to let everybody know out there, um, and you've been in for 11 years, you mentioned – how does, I, when I was in the military and I was lifting and, and trying to compete and doing some powerlifting back when I first started, getting kind of that schedule down was difficult. How are you managing that over the last few years? Uh, is it, is it tough, tougher than most people would imagine or? A lot of people have it way worse off than I do. So I think I got really lucky. Um, I, the last few jobs and duty stations that I've had, I've had bosses that have been really supportive and commands that have been really supportive and like wanted to, you know, make time for me to do these things. Cause I also would, you know, bring back to my units, like, Hey, we're doing PT. Do you guys want to learn some like squats or deadlifts or like some sort of strength technique instead of maybe running? So I just try to pay it back and bring it back to the unit. Um, and then the air force, uh, has a really cool program. It's the, we are all recruiters program and they'll give you free leave. Basically they'll, they'll let you go permissive TDY. If you like, I'll go to the Arnold or go to like a big expo or something and I'll wear my air force t-shirt and like link up with the local recruiters and I'll get to go on not, not, you know, burning my own leave, which is really cool. That is awesome. That is such a great program. Yeah, yeah, it's it was amazing when I found out about it, and they, they've been really supportive. They put me in for <laughs> the Air Force Athlete of the Year in 2020, which was cool. Yeah, I got to take home that title, the first uh, strength athlete to ever do it. Wow, that uh, is so cool. Um, yeah, it's got to be fun, and not only that, you represent the Air Force. I mean, there got to be, you know, I, when I was in, we always wanted to show people who we had, you know, and there were a couple exactly. of big bodybuilders back in the day when I was on base that got a little preferential treatment in that respect too, because again, they just kind of, 
you know, show, they wore the colors, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you represent your team, just like team Anderson, just yeah. like 30 gym, just like team unleashed, like I'm team air force. So yeah. like, if I can do something good for them and maybe bring them some recruits or like sure. spread the gospel, <laughs> whatever. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like I've more, had a good time. We in, need more so. people to yeah, join the military these days. I'll tell you. Right. Um, Seriously. You were, uh, you know what? I, I, I didn't know this until you told me before the interview, I kind of guessed I was thinking roller derby, right? Yeah. Because you are great on a set of skates and how you pull that off being as muscular and as big as you are, you're pretty damn graceful. Athleticism first. Yeah, you're right. That shows it. That shows it. How'd you get into that? Um, So that was actually my first sport as a kid, not roller skating. I was a figure skater for like all of elementary school and middle school. Um, and then I started getting too big and bulky and they were like, mm, yeah, maybe not so much. And I was yeah. always the jumper and never like the pretty fingers, whatever. So, and then mom was like, you know, this shit's expensive. Um, <laughs> and then basically stopped doing that and then went to my duty station out in New Mexico, wanted something to do, found a roller derby team. I'm like, this sounds fun. Threw on a pair of roller skates and joined that team. And then I played for um Clovis Roller Derby in New Mexico and then West Texas out in Lubbock oh, yeah yeah that is so cool and that that explains why you got such massive quads on that skating well, for the longest time after I started uh my left quad I was so left quad dominant because that's how oh, we yeah, turn yeah. Half, yeah. like the inside leg yeah. and there was a huge imbalance that I had to work out yeah, that, I and guess like, you would never even think about that unless you got into powerlifting, right? Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? Why am I just like, why am I so left side dominant? I'm like, I'm not left-handed or left-footed, so. Yeah, that's that's interesting. It's interesting you say that. Yeah, Maybe. I can see you kind of outgrowing that sport or outgrowing the figure skating pretty quickly. I mean, genetically, I mean, you're just built to powerlift. I mean, oh my goodness. Built to pick stuff up, put you it down. Are. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Thanks, Dad. I don't, how do you, how does that, how does that make you, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to be all cliche and stuff in the interview because you've probably done this a hundred times talking to people about being a woman and what predominantly was a man's sport for all these mm-hmm. years. And, you know, I'm not that guy, but I, I understand the question for some people, you know, like saying, how do you know, where do you put yourself? How do you feel you represent? I know you're a part of what organization are you a part of? It's uh main event project. The main event project. That, that if I understand that correctly, as I watch it, that was kind of that's kind of what that correlates around, right? Absolutely. Yeah, main event. We created that. Um, it, it's not as bad as it used to be, but there are still some like disparities between the way that men and women are treated within powerlifting, especially at meets. Um, you know, prize pots are you know sometimes not equal. Um, and also just like educating and empowering, like right now is a, an amazing time for women in strength sports because there are just so many, like it's multiplying, like there are full meets that are two days long, four days long, they're just women. And like, you think about when Laura Phelps and Amy and all of those, those ladies back there, they had to call and beg to be invited to the WPO and be like, right. can I just be a guest lifter? Like now? Mm-mm. So we created that for it to just kind of be like a level playing field or just bring attention to certain things and get meet directors and stuff on board. And for us to raise money and take that money and give it to, you know, meet directors so that we can sponsor these prizes so we can make everything equal out a little bit. 
Yeah, and yeah. It's been great so far. Like we have so many different partners. Also with the, the female weight classes, most of all the, the big federations, actually all of them have increased their weight classes so that 198 plus is no longer considered super heavyweight. They at least have a 220 and a 242. I saw that. That was added more recently, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I think that was end of last year early this year yeah, that kind of yeah. came to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. And I, that was a great move. I thought um, yeah, for, yeah. for on a lot of levels, it was a good move. Not yeah, just, we're not just competitive. Growing. Yeah. There, there's so many, so many lifters and a lot of lifters, like we, we pulled all the data for like who makes up those weight classes or would make up those weight classes. And there's a lot nowadays. Um, and it also kind of like opens up like, the floodgates because like maybe you were a 181 and you would cut down to 181 because that's where you wanted to be but now like oh I have all this room to grow yeah yeah and we're gonna see like my my new class 220 freaking stacked nowadays yeah. like we're gonna see some like two to 242s like hmm you're gonna see it's gonna be fun to watch and I like the way you kind of broke that down because you know I brought it up on my podcast um, about the time when I saw that news come out and mm -hmm. it, it, the, my mind was kind of going in that direction. Like there, there, what was the thought process? So I could kind of throw a dart and kind of hit it, but I like yeah. the way you just kind of broke that down. It really does drive it home a little bit better that through the numbers that they calculated and understood that there was a need for it. It wasn't just sort of, here you go. We didn't give it any thought. We're just going to, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like we, we went as far as like calculating the potential growth over years of yeah. If this growth rate continues within these weight classes, the, this is the number of powerlifters we'll have in that oh, wow. weight class in five to 10 years. So we wow, got real pretty so cool. dirty with it. So we yeah, did that is so cool. tangibles and intangibles because there's a lot of other stuff that like I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist and can't even begin to start to talk about these things. But there's a lot of like body dysmorphia things yeah. that both men and women deal with. Absolutely. And a lot of women seeing their name up on that board under super heavyweight, just mess with them a little bit. So there was a lot of that stuff that can't really be calculated, but like testimonial stuff, like putting into words. Um, and it's just, it's growth for the sport overall, which yeah. any point in that, and like, I'm all, all down for. So, yeah, I know those are some good points there on the cycle. And I thought about that as well. I, I thought that <laughs> I thought they played, it played a role on a couple different levels. Uh, and I'm glad to hear that I wasn't too far off with what you just described. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's, it goes without saying, and I can speak on behalf of 90% of all lifting fans out there now. I really believe this because I've talked to enough people and enough athletes over the last year. The women's side of things is, is it, it's, it's as equal, if not bigger, than the guy side of things right now because mm -hmm. of the amount of great lifts and great you know, just performances that we're seeing almost on a weekly basis anymore. It's um, getting nuts. It's nuts. Sure. And I think we're all bigger. I know I am. I make no bones about it. I'm a bigger <laughs> fan of the women's side of powerlifting and strongman in the two sports that I particularly love the most. Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, and by far, I just am because I, I, we're seeing things right now and we're a part of a, a culture that's allowing us to see history happen. Yeah. 
You know? I think the, the frequency at which history is made on the women's side, it's because there's a lot of these things that have never been done before. And the women are being brought up in the sport and are growing exponentially that they're being like record broken next weekend, that record's broken. And the competition is so tight amongst the weight classes. Yeah. There is like a saturation of really good elite female lifters that really are head to head at any point in time. And it, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch. Yeah. And people love that competition, that rivalry. Yeah. It just drives sport, doesn't it? It's hard to find in powerlifting too, because it's not like if we're talking strongman, it's not like you're going to head to head with someone running That's down right. against them. It's not like fighting when you actually have like a person that you're battling with and, you know, physically fighting, like you're going up and you're just hoping, not hoping, but your numbers are going to be better than someone else's. And there's one person on the platform at any time. So it's hard to do those kind of like head to heads. It really is. And I think in a large part, because we kind of know as power lifters, our numbers are somewhat predetermined. Yeah. You know, if we hit a perfect lift, we kind of, we're not making up huge ground, you know, yeah. you're, you're so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, along those lines, I don't know if you know who Michael Marino is. No. Um, he runs the company fighter quit and he's got a gym out in Vegas. And I think he he's on the exec board for WRPF, but he's running a lot of these meets now, kind of like, um, MMA and he's doing like press conferences before and he's yeah. doing like lead up promos of like this person's going to go head to head with this person like what do you like who are you taking like oh, great. now so there's kind of a little more stir in that competitive advertising if you will yeah that i agree with 100 because what we've seen even through what the uspa is doing it which i think mm -hmm. you know they put on more of a rock show rock star type show yeah a lot of fun to be a part of a lot of fun to to, to, to spectate for sure you know, mm -hmm. and I always used to give USAPL, which of course we appreciate USAPL at the level it's at because mm -hmm. it really introduces powerlifting to a whole new crop of young people all every, every day. You know, there's somebody young joining the USAPL, which eventually might get in the WPO, might find themselves somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that it was just so boring, just so boring. Yeah. Up until this year, they literally made you, everybody look the same. It was like I was in some weird movie or something. Yeah, it was. But I even the USAPL is catching on now. They understand. Yeah. The future of the sport needs to be more dynamic. Yeah, their pro series that they've done recently has been very cool. And I, you know, I, I always go watch them at the Arnold. Like I'll watch that. I'll watch XBC, like last bencher or last man standing on the bench stuff. And like they do a good job in the production and also like feeding people into the sport. Mm -hmm. And I also think people are probably going to have my head for this one, but that is one of the most professionalized organizations. It is. Like people have asked me before, like, well, should powerlifting be in the Olympics? Well, personally, no, I don't think so. No. But that is the closest thing that we have is the USAPL I when agree. it was attached to the IPF. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I well, I agree, right? They've got their own, they got their own drama going on there. I guess not anymore. USAPL is doing their own thing, but yeah. good for them. I mean, listen, sometimes you outgrow people, right? You move in a different direction. Yeah, way. for sure. But uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. So what's the next, your next meet? Well, you know, wait a second. I was going to ask you, now you're a WPO lifter primarily, right? Uh, no, actually I've only done the WPO once. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I did semifinals a couple years when uh, the COVID classic Arnold, I did semifinals there and bombed out. Yeah. Stuff. And then I did last year's WPO in Florida. Okay. Okay. 
So yeah. if, if I'm competing equipped, I'm usually competing in the APF WPO. Okay, like gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, APF and WPO. Yeah, and, you're, and you said your next competition coming up is? That is the American Pro uh, January, uh, July 29th. That's okay. a WRPF meet. I'll be in wraps, classic raw. Gotcha. I can't wait for that. I, I, I have a lot of fun. I've, I've watched a lot of your raw lists. I think they're pretty sick. Oh, thanks. Yeah. To me, do you, do you have more fun doing raw? Or do you, are, are you impartial to either? Don't really care. Oh, I'm hundred percent equipped. Do I you? love equipped so you like much. The weight. You love the weight. Oh, the pressure. Like, yeah. the, uh, I've said this a bunch of times, but I compare, um, Equipped lifting to me is a lot more like Olympic weightlifting technique wise than yeah. it is power lift, like raw power lifting. Yeah. Cause like any little wrong thing you do will just like, you like, you'll eat a bar or, you know, you'll totally go down. And it's yeah. like, I like that danger factor behind it. I like the pressure. I like the overload. Raw lifting is just, I mean, it's still fun, but like, it just beats me the hell up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet it does. Have that protection. Well, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. I thought maybe you'd like raw. I mean, we like to sort of correlate raw a little bit sometimes with at least the gym guys do, right? You see these yeah. big power lifters lifting raw and you kind of draw some relationship with them a little bit because a lot of yeah. people don't understand equipped lifting. That's why. However, yeah. I think it's becoming more widely known. I think a lot more gyms are and a lot more groups out there now are training equipped. I think the sport in itself yeah. is growing exponentially. I honestly do. Mm -hmm. I think you've seen it as well. Um, but you're right. Yeah. Talking to Jimmy and talking to some other guys down by me, Ben Paul, and stuff. And oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a warrior's group. It is definitely a warrior's group. You know, that multiply. Yeah. yeah. There's just something a little bit off about every single yeah. one. Of <laughs> All of you are a bit off your rocker for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hey Amber, I appreciate you joining me today. Um, I hope we can have another chat again. I, I think with all of these great athletes I have on, including yourself, there's a more of the story to be told, I always say. And, and this is a great way to meet you and a great way to just sort of uh, introduce uh, my audience to who you are. And I'm sure most of them already know. Um, you know, you certainly made a great reputation for yourself. You're a lot of fun to watch and I uh, appreciate you being on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a blast. I'm glad we finally got to link up. <laughs> yeah, and you're on your way to let everybody know in case they want to stalk you. You're moving to Dayton, so. Oh, yeah, I'll be at Dayton. If you guys want to come swimming by the Dirty Gym, we got drop-ins. Come stay what's up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm not too far from you, just north of Detroit, so I may even drop in at some point myself. Yeah, come train with the know. crew. I, I'm know. sure we got a pair of briefs that'll fit you. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop Let's it. go. <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. Okay. All right, thanks, everyone. I, I appreciate it. All, All right, right, have a good thanks. night. All right, bye. bye. You too.